Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Let's talk about Seattle in prophecy. First of all, I think I need to refresh your memory again. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. While I believe that there was an internal revolution on 6-6 of 2020, we do not have enough evidence to say so for sure, but one of the brothers has filed a Freedom of Information Act request specifically asking for proof. So hopefully we'll have more proof than just one Benjamin Fulford, which apparently at this point is all the proof that we have. So anyway, the rest of the prophecy says some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack. Russia will attack and defeat America in one day. Then January 22 of 06, Leslie was given the audible voice of God, seven signs to watch for. This is not necessarily the order they will be fulfilled, but it does relate today to Seattle. Israel refuses help to America. Catastrophe hits America. Omer ushers in Palestinian state, one of America's greatest times of need. Israel has attacked America since troops. Chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. Then she heard my voice saying the fall of America will start with an internal revolution. Now, the thing I want to call your attention to is catastrophe hits America. Boy, would we like to know what that (laughs) catastrophe is. Is that going to be an earthquake that splits the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico? Is that going to be dollars blowing in the wind worthless as leaves? Is that going to be a series of suitcase nukes going off? We don't know, but I'm going to pose another possibility to you today. So the way this thing works is every Saturday night, Lord, what do you want to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? And I have to pray and pray and pray, and it is probably the most difficult thing I do every week. Frankly, sometimes I just dread it because it seems like it is probably like having to chisel through concrete to get what topic I'm going to speak on every Sunday. However, it is not that way for <laughs> it. And I'm I'm not complaining. I'm happy to serve the Lord in any way he will allow me to serve. But it is not that way with Prophecy Club. I mean, the topics every day, even though I do a daily 30-minute radio program, they come easily. I I know sometimes days ahead of time what I'm going to be speaking on. If I don't, I just can almost set, and it just like drops right into my heart. It's one of the easiest things that I do is what is going to be the topic for today. So let me tell you about this one. This one, I think, apparently is a real important topic to the Lord. He has been laying this on my heart now for several weeks. I would even say before the George Floyd incident. And that is Seattle. That's what keeps getting dropped into my heart. So I'm going to talk about Seattle today in Bible Prophecy. So why would that be so important? So I pulled up my list of prophecies, and I'm looking at them here. It's 272 pages, 199,000 words. (laughs) It's a lot. It has all of Dimitri Dudeman's testimony, dreams, visions, everything, everything, everything I have collected over the last 40 years. Now, I guess I should go ahead and mention, you you can also have your own copy of them. It's called God's Warnings to America. God's Warnings to America, brand new book we just printed. 
And it has, I mean, not every one of them, but the most important ones, because some of them are just not relevant. They're just old stuff. Okay, so what I did is collected 101 of the very best of those prophecies, put it in that book so that you can have a copy of them. And that's what I'm talking from today is those prophecies. So if you'd like to have that, it's called God's Warning for America. So anyway, what I did is this, of course, the Seattle thing had been laid on my heart really for the last couple of weeks. I knew I was going to be doing a radio program on it. So all I did was pull up all of these prophecies and I typed in Seattle. Now, what I was not ready for (laughs) is how many times I found the word Seattle. I found it 17 times. It's kind of interesting because take, for example, Dallas, not in there. Miami, not in there. Uh, very few. I mean, I'm I'm shocked that there's so many prophecies talking about Seattle. Now, that's a bad thing for Seattle. So let's talk about what the prophecies say are coming for Seattle. Now, I'm going to start with one that doesn't exactly directly mention Seattle, but I think when I get through explaining it, I think you will see that there's a high probability this one is talking about Seattle. All the rest of them, there's no question. <laughs> it's mentioned by name. Okay, so let's go to first Michael Boldea. Now, who's Michael? That's the grandson of Dimitri Dudeman that rode out on the road, the road with him for some 10 years all across America, giving his speeches. So when Dimitri talked, his grandson, Michael, interpreted. So it's the same angel that's been coming to America, coming to Dimitri has now been coming to Michael. So I consider what Michael says the same as if it's Dimitri today. I believe he is the new voice for Dimitri. So he's, you, you can count on this. That's what I'm saying. All right. So anyway, doesn't give a date for this. They, I can tell you right now, they believe that it may have been fulfilled with 9-11. This happened before 9-11. I'm going to show you why I suspect it's actually Seattle. So the incident opens up with Michael driving to the Seattle-Washington airport. Now, that's why I believe it's actually talking about Seattle. See, the way God works is a lot of times when you are locating a place, if there's something he wants to speak to the prophet about that place, he will wait until they're actually there to speak to them. For example, I remember one time Leslie and I visited... San Antonio, and the Lord had a word for San Antonio that night. I remember one time we were we visited El Paso, and the Lord spoke to Leslie and showed her a big flood coming to El Paso, and I got I called the people in El Paso. I talked to the lady that's in charge of all the dams there, and I said, "Look, and I know this is very unusual." I said, "But why? My wife's a prophet, and she doesn't miss." And she was shown that there's going to be a flood here, that there's going to be a dam that will break. Oh, no, we don't have any dams, even close to this area. Okay, well, fine. Just remember I called. Well, sure enough, about two months later, here is El Paso having these great big floods. So I called. I'd written the lady's name and number down. I called her back. I said, you remember me? Yes, I do. (laughs) So she had a different point of view now. And I said, all right, I told you that this was coming. And turns out, that there was a big dam in the uh, El Paso area that's an old dirt dam, and it was just about to break. And everybody in El Paso was, like, scared to death. And I said, okay, here's what you better do. You better tell your mayor. He he probably needs to get on TV and tell everybody in El Paso they need to pray 
or this thing's going to come to pass, and you're going to have a lot of, a lot of dead bodies floating in El Paso. Sure enough, the mayor actually listened because I had called before, told him this was coming, and uh, she told me later that he actually did go on the 6 o'clock news that night calling for everybody in El Paso to pray for this thing. Again, I don't have a newspaper article on it. I can't prove it, but this is what she told me. And uh, everybody in El Paso prayed, and sure enough, the dam held. Now, that happened when Leslie was in El Paso, another time when she was in San Antonio. So when a prophet is, and, and I recall also Sundar Salvarez, one time he went into Houston and God showed him a vision or the future of Houston. So sometimes that's the way it works. So anyway, let's go back. So Michael was driving to the airport in Seattle, Washington. Michael had a very powerful vision, and he saw a map of America, and a finger approached the map and dug itself into the map up to the knuckle of the hand. A voice spoke and said, I will allow a great event over this nation to try and wake her up. Now, Again, Michael suspects it may have been 9-11, but I'm going to say I suspect it may be Seattle because we didn't get any warning on 9-11. But boy, I've got, what, 17 different different times it was mentioned in these words. Let's go, let's go ahead, though. So Michael asked why, and the voice said, because of this. Then Michael was taken in the foyer area of a large church during their service. He heard a lot of loud snoring coming from inside the church, and it was so loud he he could hear it even out into the foyer. The voice spoke again and said, Because many of my people are still asleep, many refuse to wake up, and this is why I will allow this trial to come over America. The vision disappeared. Michael said it was all like watching a movie. It was not long after that that this 9-11 event occurred. So, okay, fine. Maybe it was 9-11. But maybe it was Seattle. Now, there's more reasons I have for that. Now let's jump to July 12, 2015. Leslie Johnson. (laughs) This is on the credibility level, in my opinion, of Dimitri and Michael. Leslie is very cautious about what she gets from the Lord. She gets a lot. Sometimes she doesn't even tell me. Unless she absolutely positively knows is God, she does not say anything. And that's one of the reasons in these 20-some-odd years as her being an ordained prophet, I do not know of a time she has missed a prophecy. Anyway, she says, I saw a plane preparing for departure. The plane was almost full. I saw people finding their seats. There was confusion. One couple wanted to sit together, and every time the flight attendant would move them, the new seat was worse than the seat before. The plane was actually a cargo plane that had been converted into a passenger plane to carry people. So the seats were mismatched, some facing forward, some sideways, some backwards. It was not put together well at all. I saw the logo on the plane, and I knew it was North Korea. But I had no idea what the flag looked like for North Korea until I looked it up on the Internet. The plane was a bogus passenger plane. The idea was to carry a nuclear bomb, hidden, secreted away on the plane, then fly it in as a passenger plane and attack America. Some of the passengers were speaking English as if they were headed home. The flight attendants did not speak English, and this is what I saw on the side of the plane. 
And it's a logo, or it's the, the map of North Korea with the, the North Korean map within the map. Now, you might be saying, well, that doesn't necessarily say Seattle is the place. I agree. But hang on to that. See if I can piece this together. Sometimes, again, that's the way God works, too. Now let's go to July 2016, Pastor Masih. So he called me, and he said, God showed me that he is going to allow Seattle to be nuked by North Korea. That's right. Let's read that again. He is going to allow Seattle to be nuked by North Korea. Do you see why they fit together? God will punish North Korea for the crimes against the Christians. President Trump will retaliate and drop a nuke on North Korea, and North Korea will be wiped out. North and South Korea will unite under South Korean control. I have to say, that's a really big prophecy. But I'm just the delivery boy. Let's go on to the next one. Now let's go to October 12, 2010. Nathan Leal. I have not met Nathan. I don't know Nathan, but that's okay. There's a lot of folks out there prophesy a lot of things that heard from God, and I don't necessarily know them. But the other people, I know them. October 12, 2010. I was in a downtown area of an unknown large city. I saw a newspaper vending machine that sold the USA Today newspaper. One of the lead stories was about Seattle, Washington. The headline read, Seattle Celebrates. The large letters were huge across the page. The photo of downtown Seattle included a fireworks display over the buildings of downtown Seattle. The photo turned into a movie. There was a sudden explosion. One of the buildings erupted into a ball of fire, smoke, ashes, and debris. The plume rose as high as the tallest downtown building in the photograph. It looked similar to the explosion that we saw on 9-11 on the World Trade Center towers. My vantage point changed to the sky. Looking down on the damage, there was debris and ash scattered throughout the downtown area. There were many crushed cars with ash all over them. The damage seemed contained to one building. Doug Metzger, he said, I saw a vision of America. I saw America as a map, as if I was looking down on it from space. These 12 cities were destroyed by nuclear bombs. The 12 cities were Atlanta, Chicago, New York, Washington, D.C., Orlando, Denver, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Houston, and I don't even want to say this one, Dallas. <laughs> but no less, he also said he saw Minneapolis on fire. So that's several people talking about Seattle in it. Now let's go to the next one. One of my favorite speakers, maybe the favorite speaker we ever had at Prophecy Club, over the 27 years, we had various speakers in making a hundred and well, 160 different speakers making like 330 DVDs. He's my favorite. So this particular one came to him December 14th, 1986. Henry was an evangelist, a prayer walker. He would get a map at the direction of the Lord and walk up and down every street in a city, praying aloud, praying in the spirit, pulling down strongholds, loosening the angels to do warfare. When he was done, he would go up on a high point over the city, raise his hands, and reclaim the city for God. I believe that's what he's doing here. He probably just finished praying over this area. He said, on December 14, 1986, I was in Wales. 
I went up on top of the Eagle Tower in the Carnarvon Castle. It had eight points on it. Each of the points were eroded eagles. This castle was built back in the 12th century. I was overlooking the Irish Sea towards the North Sea, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, tip of Scotland, Greenland, Iceland, up in that area. All of a sudden, I was lifted above the earth, looking down on the earth like a globe. As I looked down, I saw all of these massive amounts of ships and airplanes coming out of this uh, inlet above Norway. He says they headed down between the United States and Europe, and they literally covered the whole Atlantic. I wanted to see what was happening to the United States. I looked across on the globe to the United States, and I saw coming out of the United States these radio communication towers. I saw the jagged lines like they draw to show the communications are coming out. All of a sudden, as I was looking down on them, they began to sprinkle down on the earth like dust. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no, they're, they're not getting through. They're not getting through. They don't know what is happening. They are totally oblivious. Then I began to see submarines emerging from under the surface. I was surprised at how close they were to our borders. They were in our territorial waters. Then I saw missiles come out of them. They hit eastern coastal cities of the United States. I looked across the country where my family was over the northwest side, and I also saw submarines. I saw missiles come out and hitting western coastal cities. The missiles took less than 60 seconds from launch to detonation. I saw one hit Seattle. I saw one hit Seattle, Bellevue, and San Francisco near Los Angeles, San Diego, Miami, and Tampa. I saw six nuclear blasts that just literally leveled everything. I cried out and I said, oh God, oh God, when will this be and what will be the sign of its coming? He said, I heard an audible voice speak from behind me and say, when Russia opens her doors and lets the masses go, the free world will occupy themselves with transporting, housing, feeding, and caring for the masses and will let down their weapons and cry peace and safety. Then sudden destruction will come. Then is when it will come. Now, that's what the third or the fourth, fourth voice we have talking about Seattle. This next one is one of the most famous visions in all of Christianity. It's by A.A. A. Allen. And my understanding is this guy was one of the greatest evangelists, miracles, one of the greatest preachers to ever walk the land of America. He says, as I stepped inside the elevator at the Empire State Building, I never dreamed of the great experience which awaited me just 86 stories up. There on the east side of the terrace, I noticed a giant telescope of the kind into which you can drop a dime and see for approximately 15 miles. As I stood with my dime between my fingers waiting my turn, suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon me. Now you see, he's going to get a prophecy based upon where he is at the time, which is what we were talking about. As I stood with the dime on my fingers, I noticed two giant eyes of the telescope as the man who was manipulating it turned it in my direction. I was amazed that the Spirit of the Lord should move upon me there atop the Empire State Building. Why should I feel such a surge of the Spirit and power there? Then, suddenly, I heard the voice of the Lord. It was as clear and as distinct a voice as could be. It seemed to come from the very midst of the giant telescope. When I looked through the telescope, I knew it hadn't come from there, but directly from heaven. 
The voice said, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the whole earth, to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from thenceforth thou shalt have wars. As I stepped to the telescope and dropped in my dime, immediately the ticking started. This ticking was an automatic clock, which would allow me to use the telescope for a definitely limited time only. That morning, much of the view was impaired by fog, but suddenly... As the Spirit of the Lord came over me, the fog cleared, until it seemed that I could see for thousands of miles, but that which I was looking upon was not Manhattan Island anymore. It was the entire North American continent, spread before me as a map, is spread upon a table. It was not the East River or the Hudson River that I saw either side, but rather the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. Instead of the Statue of Liberty standing there in the bay on her small island, I saw her standing far out in the Gulf of Mexico. She was between the United States and me. I suddenly realized the telescope had nothing to do with what I was seeing, but it was a vision coming directly from God. And to prove this myself, I took my eyes away from the telescope so I would no longer be looking through the lens. But the same vision remained spread before me. There, clear and distinct, laid out the North American continent with all its cities. As I looked suddenly from the sky, I saw a giant hand reach down, a gigantic hand reaching toward the Statue of Liberty. In a moment, her gleaming torch was torn from her hand. In an instant was placed a cup, and I saw protruding from the great cup a giant sword, shining as if a great light had been turned upon this glistening edge. Never before had I seen such a sharp, glistening, dangerous sword. It seemed to threaten the entire world. As the great cup was placed in the hand of the Statue of Liberty, I heard these words, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Drink ye, and be drunken. Spew, and fall, and rise no more, because of the sword which I will send. As I heard these words, I recognized them as a quotation from Jeremiah twenty-five twenty-seven. I was amazed to hear the Statue of Liberty speak in reply, I will not drink. Then, as the voice of the thunder, I heard again the voice of the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ye shall certainly drink. Then suddenly the giant hand forced the cup to the lips of the Statue of Liberty. Now, let me pause a minute. I thought, as I looked at that man with his knee on George Floyd's neck. Then as we see the Wendy's incident with just a couple of days later, we see another police officer kill someone. The first time I'm thinking, okay, this is maybe a dim setup. But the second one? Okay, then I start thinking about other cases over the last few years, which I don't have prepared to tell you, but you know what I'm talking about. It looks to me like that this this can't be a dim setup. This is the hand of the Lord. This is the hand of the Lord forcing America to drink a cup, a cup to destroy her that she does not want to drink. Cup to the lips of the Statue of Liberty, she became powerless to defend herself. The mighty hand forced her to drink every drop from the cup. As she drank the bitter dregs, these words I heard. Should ye be utterly unpunished? 
you shall not be unpunished. For I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, says the Lord of hosts. When the cup was withdrawn from the lips of Statue of Liberty, I noticed the sword was missing from the cup, which could only mean one thing. The contents of the cup had been completely consumed. I knew that the sword merely typified war, death, destruction, which is no doubt on the way. Then, as one drunken on too much wine, I saw the Statue of Liberty become unsteady on her feet and began to stagger, to lose her balance. I saw her splashing in the gulf, trying to regain her balance. I saw her stagger again and again and fall to her knees as I saw her desperate attempts to regain her balance and rise to her feet. My heart was moved as never before with compassion for her struggles. But as she staggered there in the gulf once again, I heard the words, Ye shall drink and be drunken and spew and fall and rise no more because of the sword that I shall send among you. Now let's pause a minute. Does that sound like God? Does that sound like God is making America drink the cup? Because it does to me. See, God, he removeth kings and setteth up kings. He raises up nations. He pulls down nations. He decides who wins and who loses. Everything from the Super Bowl all the way down to our children, brothers and sisters. It's all in his hand. And what I see happening in our nation, I don't think it's an accident. Then as I watched, another amazing thing was taking place. Far to the northwest, just over Alaska, a huge black cloud was arising. As it rose, it was as black as night. It seemed to be in the shape of a man's head. As it continued to arise, I observed two light spots in the black cloud. It rose further and a gaping hole appeared. I could see that the black cloud was taking the shape of a skull. For now the huge white gasping mouth was plainly visible. Finally, the head was complete. Then the shoulders began to appear, and on either side, long black arms. It seemed that what I saw was the entire North American continent spread out like a map upon the table with this terrible skeleton-formed cloud arising from behind the table. It rose steadily upon the form and was visible down to the waist. At the waist, the skeleton seemed to bend toward the United States, stretching forth a hand toward the east, toward the west, one towards New York, and here you go, and one towards Seattle. As the awful form stretched forward, I could see that this entire attention seemed to be focused upon the United States, overlooking Canada, at least for the time being. Well, we've run out of time, but all of this is available in the book, God's Warnings to America. I think it's 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. Let me encourage you again. Get signed up. You do not want to miss this awesome crusade, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I was shown a secret door linking the feasts to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the book of Revelation can be put in correct chronological order. You can understand Bible prophecy. 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55. What is the most important information to every beating heart on the globe? After except Jesus, it would be, don't take the mark of the beast. Those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are tormented in the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. How do you tell them? Give them, miss the mark. 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40. 
Over the past 32 years, I've collected the best 101 prophecies from Dimitri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Maria Sklar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, and more. It's called God's Warnings for America. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. My new book is called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel because that's what it does. It shows you the part of Daniel you need to know being you're about to be a tribulation saint and will desperately need to know and understand about the last days you live in. One for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. When a nuclear device is detonated, the wind blows the dust settling on everything around you. Then you breathe, eat, or absorb radioactive iodine, which then kills your thyroid and kills you. A simple fix is to immediately take potassium iodate pills, which flood your thyroid with good iodine, keeping the radioactive iodine out. You need one bottle per person per exposure for everyone from infant to adult. Ten bottles available for a gift of $225 or $25 per bottle at prophecyclub.com. Shelf life from five to eight years, potentially more if you refrigerate or freeze it. That's prophecyclub.com potassium iodate pills. Prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support. 